All right, everybody. Another week of college football. We're here to preview it here. Week three. This is Hater Radio. My name is Chris McLean. I'm here with my co-host, Ian Gibson. How are you, Ian? Doing great. And uh, we're wearing our USF stuff. You've got to wear green on Wednesdays. So uh, we're repping for the big game, the USF-Alabama game. You know, they may get smoked, but regardless, we're here to support them. Okay, so uh, let's just do a quick rundown. You can find us at haterradio.com for all of our articles. I'll have one coming up for the Tennessee game on probably, I guess I could do it tomorrow, but I may have it for Friday just to kind of amp people up coming into the weekend. Um, But then um, you can find all the rest of the articles there, the rest of the shows there, different content on uh, all the social formats. Um, You can find us on all those socials under for Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at hater underscore radio. Uh, For YouTube, it is uh, at hater radio. And then for Facebook, it is uh, hater radio CFB. Uh, Hater radio one at gmail.com is the email as well to reach us. Uh, Ian, what are your socials real quick? Yes. uh, YouTube, Instagram, and uh, Twitter are all at uh, G Gator G. Awesome. So you can find us there. Um, we're always, you know, commenting. I'm always talking shit. And that's what we do here. Hater Radio, we're talking shit. We're passionate about college football. So let's get into it. Week three, a lot of big games. Um, next week is actually going to be even a, a lot more big games, but there's still some pretty good games this week. We're going to talk first about the the Florida-Tennessee game first because it seems to be the biggest game of the weekend besides uh, – the uh, maybe the LSU Mississippi State game, everything else. Oregon and uh, Colorado. Oh no, Colorado's playing uh, Colorado State. Oh, is that this week? Yeah, yeah. Oh, it yeah. is this week. I, I got. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. saw them playing a green team, and I. I yeah, yeah, yeah. We no. fought Oregon. That's that's why. Um, uh, what is it? Uh, freaking um, uh, game day is there. Game day is there. Oh really? Really? Yeah, is that think, one? Yeah, it's because. I don't know this why they didn't. any other game. Well, they chose Alabama last week because it was Alabama, Texas. Yeah, and, that one. Um, which made sense. And they, you know, and it was Colorado's first home game last week. But it, it's at this point, if you look at the schedule for Colorado, it doesn't bode well for them. So this is like their kind of swan song of their, uh, you know, way up schedule. Start. Because if you look at it, like, I mean, remember last year with Kansas. Kansas, uh, they uh, they had had that hot start, and then they kind of fizzled at the end. It mainly because that injury to Daniels, but you know, it was definitely a a, a nice story to begin with because it was like, oh, yo, Kansas hasn't been good in years, and the same thing with Colorado. And it's largely the story is with with Prime. Like everyone likes mm-hmm. that story. He's you know charismatic. He's uh, brash. He's in everyone's face. He and he'll say shit that other coaches don't say, which I think a lot of people do appreciate. I, the thing that I don't like, I just don't like the like, like I've said with the, what he did with Jackson State and like how he was coming about his business with that. I didn't really appreciate it and like how he like, I don't know. It was very bizarre the way he did everything, and you know he used it as a stepping stone, and that's what it is. And most coaches do it, so I really can't fault him for that because as pretty much what every, every coach does. They're trying to get to that upper echelon uh, position and he's on the way. Cause if he continues his path with Colorado, he more than likely will have uh, pretty good success and then will lead to another job, which is likely and a better job. Okay. So let's talk about this Florida, Tennessee game. Ian, I want to hear your thoughts first and then I'll go on mine, but uh, I'm definitely curious to hear what you think about this, uh, this game coming up. Yeah, kind of mentioned um, in my notes last week, I said the Florida team played better, obviously. Um, but that's got to be taken with a grain of salt. So now <laughs> it's like the last couple of years is what Gator team are we going to see? Are we going to see the team that was totally un- underprepared and not ready against Utah? Or are we going to see the team that came out firing in all cylinders against McNeese State? Now credit, that was against a much weaker opponent and they were just clearly more talented. Florida knows at least this is a big game, and Napier knows this is a huge game that could decide his future. Um, I, if it's early 
too early to say, but he has yet to pick up a rivalry win. Um, Tennessee has had these very, very inauspicious starts. Um, they didn't uh, start well against Virginia, but then they turned it on, and they started even worse against uh, Austin P. Um, yeah. last week. So, I, same thing with them. I think it's going to be interesting to see how the defense reacts to this no huddle attack. Um, they struggled mightily last year um, to just handle. And now with uh, Milton, who has been pretty good, I know he has, um, you know, he's got four touchdowns already on the year. And I think it's about in total um, 400 yards credit, not, you know, they haven't really been opening up the playbook, shall we say, to have it where he can win the game. Um, but he's a mobile quarterback, and he is very dangerous, has a great arm, and that hasn't bode well for Florida defenses. And, again, that hurry-up is going to be very interesting to see how it plays well. Um, so it's going to be – that, I think, is going to be the crux of everything is how well the defense plays. The other thing, of it too, is how will the rushing attack – how – quickly will it get going or is it going to be flat out abandoned like it did against Utah? I think the only way Florida wins these games is if they have a strong rushing attack through Johnson and ETN. Um, we saw that last week, McNeese State. Uh, they bullied uh, the defensive line and were able to open those holes and get those big gains. Um, and it made it easier for Graham uh, Mertz because that way they were playing the run and he had more open receivers. The thing is, too, with Mertz, I even with that McNeese State game, you can kind of tell that's not the strength of the team. Besides the one touchdown pass, which was a great pass, I don't feel like they're like, okay, we have to win the game with Mertz. A lot of the passes were the simple dump-out ones, which are effective. But again, that's not going to win you the game. The way Florida wins this game is that they have to you know, focus on the you know, setting up the run game to make it easier and have the secondary creep up. Um, in order for Mertz to get those big passing plays. Um, or at the very least, if you're going to have them pass, you need at least four or five receivers out there to have at least a dump-out option. And the offensive line has to uh, play uh, the role of protecting quarterback and making it easier uh, for the offense because it got shredded against Utah. So then they played an inferior McNeese State, did a good job against them. Now this is going to be the real witness test is – Prove, pretty much prove it how what kind of offensive line are we getting for the rest of the year because competition is going to be like this throughout this season well after charlotte it is um so with that i think the thing is going to decide these games is how the how well the offensive line does in establishing the run and how well the defense does with the no huddle attack for tennessee it with all those things said it does kind of favor tennessee because a lot of things have to go right for florida for Tennessee, even with those slow starts, there's no guarantee Florida's going to jump and attack on them like they did the year before. Florida had a bunch of opportunities that they missed, and Tennessee took advantage of them. So that's another part of it, too, is who's going to take advantage of the mistakes. And really, I think Tennessee would have to make more mistakes in order for Florida to stay um, in striking distance to win the game. Yeah, I mean – I agree with a lot of what you said. Uh, I think, you know, I looked back today at both the Austin P and uh, Virginia games. And um, what stood out to me were a couple things, um, especially what Tennessee was able to do as far as uh, their run game. I think their run game was more important to their success the first two games than uh specifically the passing attack, because there were only really a handful of attempts downfield um, for Tennessee. And I think like only two were successful. Um, and uh, so uh, in the running attack, what they did was largely when the numbers were in their favor, they were running, which is the smart thing to do. Cause if there's five or six in the box, then you need to run. And they were, and I think a lot of it, for both of those games were the inability of both of those teams to be able to tackle um, those running backs coming out of the backfield because, you know, instead of a, a gain going for like three or four yards, they were running off like 10 yards a clip. And so like, you know, their average is pretty high for both their running backs. And so it's like, 
You know, it stands out there. It's like, okay, they obviously can run the ball, but uh, in both of those games, it was largely to do with the inability of the, the, the linebackers to really make tackles. And that could be because just their inferior opponents. Virginia is not a good team. They're going to be one of the worst in the ACC. Um, I don't envision them winning many games this year. Uh, Austin P is just an FCS school. So again, you can, you know, it's basically a practice, but they struggled Tennessee to move the ball in that game and, you know, weren't able to convert a lot of third downs and uh, made a lot of mistakes. Um, you know, the game was actually, I think it was a 10 point game into the fourth quarter with like eight minutes left against Austin P, which, you know, whatever. I, I know it's just a practice game. So they're not like, you know, really into it as much as a normal game and they still get the win. So that's all that really matters. But I will say uh, with Florida's defense, Florida's defense has proven to be a lot better this year than the last couple of years. They've been, uh, you know, in better position. They've been making, uh, you know, uh, better form tackles, less uh, missed tackles. So I don't think that Tennessee is going to get the same kind of success that they had against those first two games into this game. I think Florida is going to actually going to be able to stop them, you know, specifically in the run game. And if that's the case, it puts more pressure on Joe Milton to actually have success in the passing game. And then if that is the case, then there, if there's more pressure, there's a chance that he could make mistakes and potentially, I mean, I, I hope, you know, the, I love this podcast and I am shouting out to them right now. And I usually do because I, I like their work. They do, but the Gator uh, Gator nation football podcast, you know, he he's been talking about it the last two years about how the best way to play uh, Tennessee is to play them in man uh, more of the times than not. And uh, that that's the best way to counteract this, this offense. And I think that's right. And I think that Florida has the DBs to do so, you know, uh, Devin Moore, uh, Jalen Kimber, uh, Jason Marshall, um, Hakeem Jackson, you know, the safety play is great right now. So it's been, you know, it's been quite different from what it was the last couple of years. I think this team is capable. I think Austin Armstrong, the DC is fully engaged here. You know, he's a young guy that seems to like really know what he's doing, have them prepared. You know, it's, it seems night and day difference. You know, the rankings right now, as far as the defensive rankings for Florida are up there, like almost every category Florida is in like the top 20, almost everything. So except for like certain things, but they they've only allowed like four first downs the entire year, which I know it's just two games, but still the one game against Utah is uh, actually no four third down conversions. Sorry, I, I mistake that, but yeah, so it, it's been, you know, they've been they've been playing quite well and they've they've shown themselves to be quite apt to be able to take on this team the offense on the other hand that's where i think might be the difference in the game because if florida cannot score they're still going to be hard pressed even though they might play well on defense and hold uh tennessee to 24 or less they still will have to score a decent amount of points and got to move the ball. Tennessee's defense is number one for tackles for loss right now. And I think number two for sacks or vice versa, either way, both of them very high in the nation right now. And they, I watched the games, uh, both of those games, and they were in the backfield the entire time. Again, those are inferior opponents. So that helps them be able to rush and get into the backfield a lot easier than against a better line that Florida has. The other thing with the offense that I wanted to mention when you were talking about the offensive line was uh, Kingsley is back and Kingsley mm -hmm. has been there the first two games. So that makes a world of difference because Kingsley is not the best uh, center, but he is definitely a very solid SEC center, which is he's probably good for, I'd say, at least average to maybe above average center in SEC in the SEC. So that's a really good center. And so um, I, I think with him there, with him being able to make the calls on the line, being able to call out the pressures, um, you know, to give some stability there, get people in the right position. I think Florida can actually, you know, maybe not 
have a run game like McNeese State, but definitely not like Utah. And so maybe somewhere in between, maybe they get around 100 yards in this game. I think that would be good enough to be able to move the ball um, and then setting up shorter third downs so that Mertz can uh, uh, can be, uh, you know, convert those, you know, those third and fives, those third and six. And I think it's possible here. You know, Mertz is a capable quarterback. You know, I, I know I wasn't the biggest fan of him coming in, but you know what? Honestly, I'm, I've, the more I've seen of him, the more I like, the more I appreciate. Seems like he's a very hard worker. You know, he is definitely taking those checkdowns, which, you know, last year Anthony was not. So mm-hmm. that seems to help with the passing a game. I know it's not amazing with some of the route concepts that we have out there that it seemed to be lacking. Um, but, you know, regardless, he's taking what the defense is putting in front of him. You know, they're getting yards. They were getting first downs in that game against McNeese State. Um, you know, they they ended up getting that long touchdown at the end, which I'm glad they did. And, uh, you know, I I like the wide receivers. I really like Ricky Persall. I like um, uh, Trey Wilson and um, uh, Douglas as well. I like those three guys. They're very solid. You know, the running backs are great. I, I think Florida in this game – as long as they can put up a decent amount of points, I think they can they can can they can be competitive against Tennessee, and I think the defense will play a huge part in that. But again, it has to be the offense that makes a difference in this game because I think Tennessee's defense is strong. Um, it's just going to be, it's going to be honestly really. I, I really like I'm keep saying the offense. If the offense can be the difference in this game, then they have a chance to win. But. It's going to be a tough battle for sure. Okay, let's do a prediction of that one real quick, and then we'll move on. So what do you got for this one? For this one, I think it's going to be close, and it's going to be tight. But, again, just looking through it, I I feel like more has to go right for Florida than it does for Tennessee. I feel like, all things considered, Tennessee pulls out a very close one. I'm going to go 27-22. I just – can't see the offense for Florida being able to consistently score uh, as much as they do. The one benefit is, is that Tennessee does play very quick, so they will have more time on the clock. But I'm still not sold in it yet. And again, I just think Tennessee, they've been in these games before uh, last year. So I feel like they can find a way to win this one. So I'm going to go Tennessee with the win. Yeah, and I, I don't blame you for that prediction because it's it's pretty consistent with a lot of what most people are saying. Um, I, you know, I think, you know, what my article is going to be about on Friday is essentially how this is a, um, this is like one of those crucial moments, those like forks in the road for Billy Napier. And it feels like, you know, he can survive if he loses this game. But if he were to win this game, it seems like it would hugely sway the momentum in his favor, especially with all the critics. I mean, I've seen so many articles saying, is he on the hot seat? Which is ridiculous after a year and two games to be on the hot seat already. But to win a game like this, a rivalry game, like you said, he hasn't won one yet. To win this one, to put it in the win column, a game at home, a game that means a lot, a game that means a lot to him. I mean, he grew up in Tennessee, or in the Tennessee area with a lot of uh, family members that are Tennessee fans. So it, it means a lot to him and his family to, to be involved in this game. And I, you know, it's a home game. I feel like because it is a home game, if it was in Knoxville, I would probably feel more like Tennessee would be favored and Tennessee should win. But in this case, I feel like Florida will pull out, uh, pull it out. And I think Florida is going to win like similar to your score. I'm going to say like 24 to like 20. Um, Yeah, it's going to be a low scoring game. Okay, moving on. Next game, we've got the... 
hopefully not the thrashing of USF, but <laughs> South Florida, Alabama, somehow South Florida got Alabama to come to Tampa to play a game. And it's the first game too, which is weird. Cause usually when you get like a, you know, a two for one, you do like a one and then one and then one, like, uh, you know, flip-flopping the games where they're at. But this it made one, sense when they played Florida because it's like, oh, uh, you know, Gainesville is right there. That makes sense. They can start that. But, yeah, when it was Alabama, was the first game is in Tampa. I was like, holy yeah. shit, that's got to be some negotiating went down there. Well, you know, I think with the, the USF, the USF one, I don't think – I think USF in Florida is just a one and one, right? Is there? I, I know they play one. Florida plays USF again in a few years in the swamp. Okay, and so I know then, they then play was, Bama. Then it was a two for one. So you are right. Okay. So I guess that is the protocol. I always thought if they did like a two for one, they did like maybe that's like how they're able to sweeten the deal. Cause it's like if it is uh, a two for one, you put your game first, so it gives like more weight to it, at least. Yeah. It's like if it was a one for one, usually the better team or like whoever gets gets to call the gets to have home first. Um, but regardless, this is a huge game for Alex Golish. You know, this is a monster program they're going up against. Alabama just lost this past Saturday against Texas in a very tight game. Um, that was widely uh, watched. It was one of the most watched ESPN games in a long time. And um, it they're a wounded animal. They are looking to bounce back. You know, it's a non-conference game. So, you know, they, they realize that uh, they don't have to necessarily win this game as well, but it gets them in the right footing for the rest of the year especially with the SEC schedule coming up for them. So they're going to look to bounce back and to take it out on USF. I, um, you know, obviously crazy things have happened. You know, there've been big upsets throughout the years, you know, different teams have won games that they shouldn't, but I don't think that's the case here. I think that South Florida is going to play well. I think the offense is going to move the ball. I think the defense will play strong. I like the fact that, Jalen Milrow um, struggles with his accuracy and that will be um, play in USF's favor as far as forcing um, them into uh, bad third downs where it's third and long. So it makes it a lot more difficult for them to be able to convert. Whereas like, you know, two weeks ago when they played Western Kentucky, Western Kentucky, you know, their quarterback, you know, he, if it's a third and 10, he's, he's converting. Now, yeah. Milrow, Milrow, I don't feel that confident in. And I feel like if he gets in those situations, he's going to uh, largely uh, not be able to convert. And that plays in USF's favor. So I, I can see this game being somewhat tight going into the third quarter, maybe into the fourth, but then like Alabama, because of their depth, because that's what USF lacks here is the, the the depth on D line and offensive line, and you know it's just gonna it's gonna wear them down once they get into the fourth quarter, uh, late into the third and into the fourth quarter, and that's when they'll start to you know you know uh, um, you know run it down their throat, and they won't be able to stop them. So I think USF's going to struggle to be able to hold up to that. But Ian, I want to hear your thoughts. Uh, you know, as I give my thoughts after that. So go ahead. Yeah, it's – I mean, it's what do you expect in one of these situations. Bama is still a very good team. I get they lost Texas, but there's they're not the Bama as we knew before. Where they're just like, you know, God eaters. But, I mean, the defense is still strong. The defense um, will still, you know, be able to put up a fight. The one thing USF has going, similar to what Tennessee is, is that Golish implements the same offense. It is a very hurry-up style offense, and we saw that used um, already, um, and we can still see USF still trying to adjust to it. Um, last week, USF, brutally honest, won on pure talent alone. They won that game because they were just better than AM. I don't think it was the most well-coached game, um, 
and there were times where it got way too scary there, and the defense is still not looked super impressive against a mobile quarterback. And now you have a mobile quarterback coming in. This is the type of game that Milrow was hoping for against Texas with this type of defense because they are still – I think USF is allowing almost 400 yards a game still, um, especially over the air. So for this, I think the hurry-up offense will maybe keep Bama's defense off balance. But in the end, I, it, there's just not enough there to see a, you know a upset in the wing here. I, I'm still going to go with Bama. Um, I think Bama wins by a lot. I think USF, they're going to try their best, but it, it, it just comes down to the reality that they are the better team and it's just going to see how well you play. Again, the hurry-up offense will probably move the ball a bit, but once they get into the third, fourth quarter, which Bama lives by, it, it'll, it'll be all said and done by then. Yeah. Okay, so what do you got prediction-wise? Uh, <laughs> I'm I'm going to go 42-17 Bama. Yeah, I mean, I think I think USF can score more than that. I think they can score around like 22-23. And I'm going to go with like Bama scoring like 35. So like 35-23. And I think that like it might even be like a 17-28 game going into the fourth. And then like Bama scores and then it, they're up by like – that's what 15 that's uh 17 can't do the math right now uh 18 so they'd be up three scores so i think that usf will score a late touchdown and that'll be it but yeah but you know something around that seems about right and you know we're not far off with our totals i think it's just i think i have more faith in the offense because i think this the offense can move the ball and i'm not really too sold on Bama yet as far as being as defensively sound maybe they will be maybe they'll dominate USF in this game and they'll only hold them to like seven points I don't know maybe I'm wrong um but I again I don't think Jalen Milrow is that good that guy for FAMU he is a way better quarterback I think than Milrow Milrow is like a stud athlete but that guy for FAMU was actually very accurate and very uh he had a great control of that offense and they were, I mean, as much as obviously they're not the most talented team FAMU, they still had a really good uh, offensive game plan and were like the, the routes they were running were amazing. They were getting open and uh, it was not a terrible team. And they're definitely one of the best uh, FCS teams. They're a ranked FCS team. So it's not like a, a bad team. They're definitely a decent team. Okay. Moving on. Uh, to the UCLA game, um, just real quick. It's just – it's going to be a blowout. Uh, North Carolina Central, I'm going to say – I'm looking forward to the defense again because the defense has been playing so well. And Dante Moore, I mean, the kid's a stud. If you have not heard of this kid yet, be prepared because he's a freshman, 18-year-old 18 18 years old kid that will be there for at least two more years. So – and he's in L.A., so you think like Caleb Williams, yeah, like Caleb Williams is almost gone, but like Dante is going to get that kind of pub in the next year or two, and he's going to be he's going to be up there. I really feel it because he's 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 done some amazing things. And Chip Kelly, you know, huge win uh, getting Dante Moore to uh, UCLA into Westwood. Okay, so I'm going to say like probably like uh, 49 to like 10. What do you got? Yeah, I'm going to go, you know, same thing. Dante Moore being, you know, as talented as he is against this kind of opponent. I'm going to go – I'm going to go 45 to 9. That kind of score, almost identical. The only thing I will say about this game, can yeah. we please make a rule where if you're playing a D2 team or FC, whatever they're calling it now. FCS. It has to be within the same time zone. I've always had a problem with that. Like Florida played Eastern Washington last year. I'm like, yeah. look. But schedule Sacramento State or you know UC Davis or one of the, those teams. Don't well, you know why Eastern Washington was scheduled? Was, was that because of McElwain? He used oh, to yeah. there. either coach there or played there. And so like he like worked something out with Strickland to like get get a game there. 
uh, with. I just think with all the, you know, with all the rule changes for NCAA, I think that would be one I'm okay with where it's like, look, if you're going to schedule a layup game, have them at least be in the same time zone. Like if you're in the East, play a team on the East coast. If you're in the West, play like play Northern Colorado or something like that. That's just my two cents there. Yeah. Fair enough. Okay. Moving on. So now into the rest of the games, Army UTSA. I know you love the Roadrunners. What do you got in this one, Ian? Yeah, I think you know just how um, UTSA has been playing this year. Now, I will say they haven't been off to the best start. Harris is especially has struggled, which is a bit surprising because uh, he's been lights out um, the past couple of years. Um, they barely squeaked out against uh, Texas State, which was surprising. Um, because they've been relying a lot on the run game, actually. Um, and then you know they barely right. lost Texas to Houston. State, Texas State beat Baylor, though. You got to remember that. So that's that is. True. I, I thought yeah. that was just them playing over their heads and Baylor being Baylor. No, I know, I know. But still, like that's like the you have to take that to like in account when you're talking about that game because it's like you know UTSA obviously is on a trajectory moving up, but you know Texas State is one of those teams that most people don't know about. The get the guy that came in, brought in a bunch of transfers, very similar to what um, uh, Deion Sanders did at Colorado. So it was very similar feel. They got that win against Baylor. So it was like, whoa, 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 what's going to go? And, but UTSA gets the win, so that was huge. So, But no, sorry, I interrupted you. Go no, ahead. you're good. Um, yeah, I, I just think, you know, UTSA – they're faster and against that defense that has really been, you know, what they struggle with. So I'm going to go um, Roadrunners winning this one. I'm, I think it'll actually be pretty close. Army has been really on the rise the, uh, going back to last year. But I think UTSA, just based on, you know, talent they have and how they're it's built on speed, um, they'll, they'll find a way to win this one. So I'm going to go more high scoring for UTSA. I'm going to go 34-20 for the Roadrunners. Yeah, I mean, this Army team has been pretty similar the last couple of years. It's a, you know, a good running attack and then, um, you know, some passing, but not much. I will say UTSA probably wins this pretty handedly. I'm going to go like 38 to like 14. Okay, this is a big game. LSU-Mississippi State. I know LSU lost their first game against Florida State and did not look great in that one. But um, Mississippi State is undefeated. They won that game last week against Arizona in overtime. Uh, huge win for that them. Much. It was on the road. Yeah, it was close. But they still won. And, um, you know, uh, SEC Nation is going to be there for the game. There's a lot of hype for Mississippi State. And obviously, you know, the uh, solemnness for uh, um, Coach Leach when he passed away last year. So, um you know, it's the new coach. I kind of like him. He's he's about my age, and um, I think I saw he he said he really likes Led Zeppelin, and I'm like hell yeah. So uh, I, I I really dug that. But uh, no, besides that, they seem to be running the ball more than they did they have done in years past. Um, you know, Leach was more of a air raid attack. This offense is a little mixed. Um, LSU is trying to. Start. I think they've averaged more rushing yards than passing yards to pass. I think that was the first time in like five years that's happened. Yeah, I'm um, almost positive you're right. I, yeah, because I I know they've been running the ball more, and uh, but LSU, you know, trying to uh, uh, start their SEC schedule on a winning note. I think that Mississippi State can win this game. It's in Starkville. Um, will they win? I don't know. I mean, LSU is talented. And I think that game against FSU was a lot of mistakes that hopefully they corrected. Um, you know, they smoked Grambling last week. I think they can win. I think LSU is going to win this one. I'm going to say LSU wins probably 33 to like uh, 20. What do you got? I, I think both these teams are incredibly like well-balanced and pretty even actually. Yeah. Um I think the one thing about that LSU game is that they got gashed and they got gashed badly on defense. The defense is still, you know, I, I can't get that out of my mind of how much they got ran over um, against Florida State, allowing like six yards per play. Um, and now you got to play an offensive oriented Mississippi State. 
Um, and Mississippi State, you know, defensively hasn't been historically great, but that's where I think it's actually going to come down to the offenses. Jaden Daniels has been lights out. Uh, he's been the one bright spot from that Florida State game. He did as well as he could um, yeah. with nothing pretty much in that game. And then you have Will Rogers who, you know, they, they kind of reining him back because they're focusing on the rushing attack. I think early on it might, it's going to turn into a shootout. Um, honestly, I would not be surprised if this game went into overtime. I'm, I think again, when it's those instances, I think it goes based on talent and who has the better team. And I think LSU has the more talented team. So I'm going to go LSU winning this one in a close, if hell I'll say overtime, they went in overtime. I'll go 38 to 31. Nice. Okay. Next game, we got uh, Penn State, Illinois. Um, I know there's a lot of hype around this Penn State team this year. Um, their quarterback play is what a lot of the hype is uh, coming from. So I don't know how good this Illinois team is. They kind of struggled against Kansas and um they barely beat toledo too yeah and so it's like i don't know what to make of them um i think bielema had a lot of talent in his secondary last year so it kept him in most games um and i think that with those guys being gone it's kind of uh, left a, a deficit there in the defense um I like Penn State in this game. It's in Champaign. Um, I think Penn State will win pretty handedly. And I'm going to go with like, I don't know, 29 to like 14. Yeah, I I, I actually think it's going to be a bigger win for Penn State. Illinois, their defense has not been overly impressive. Um, again, you know, they gave up 28 points against Toledo and, and they skid by that one and then got blown out pretty much by Kansas. Uh, I, I, Penn State just flat out as the more balanced offense. Um, and they haven't really shown Illinois that they can stop either side of the ball. So I'm going to go Penn State just running up the score here. I'm going to go with a 40 to 13 win for the Lions. Okay. Moving on, FSU, uh, Boston College. I'm not going to spend too much time on this one because Boston College has just been terrible the last couple of years. FSU will more than likely win this game. It's setting up for next week, which is the Clemson game, which is more important. Um, so FSU is still undefeated at this point. They'll go in, they'll play BC in Boston, and I think Florida State's going to win like probably 45 to 10. What do you got, Ian? I'm, I'm on the same wavelength. I Boston College just doesn't have what it takes right now to win these games. Again, offensively, it hasn't been good. They barely beat Holy Cross uh, last week, and then they lose in overtime to Northern Illinois. So I'm going to go Florida State, again, running up the score. I'm going to go – let's go 42-14. Yeah. Uh, next one, I like this game, and I'm glad they scheduled this one because this is an interesting game because they – for whatever reason, they're not scheduling – Kansas, Missouri any, anymore, even though that was like one of the like fiercest rivalries war. ever. Yeah, exactly. I don't know why that's just like they haven't even brought that up since they've left the uh, the Big 12. It should. It was a great rivalry. I remember how big that game was in 07 when Kansas, if Kansas would have won, they would have been. would have gone to the national championship. Yeah, well, been. they would have gone to the Big 12 championship. but Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah, because then they would have played Oklahoma. But um, regardless – it was a great game, and it's it's a shame that they don't play that anymore. But uh, so Kansas State, Missouri, I like Kansas State a lot. You know, they've done really well the last couple of years. Last year, getting to the Big 12 championship, um, they seem to be on a similar wavelength this year. Um, you know, uh, Missouri, I watched a little bit of the game last week, um, which they were playing a tomato can. and no, they Tennessee. Struggled. Yeah, and it was like, I don't know. I mean, Kansas State has only allowed 13 points so far this year, and I think that their defense is going to be strong enough to uh, stop uh, Missouri from scoring much. I'm going to say keep them in the, like, teens, and if Kansas State can score, like, 22 points, they're going to win, which I feel they can do because I don't think that 
Missouri's defense is like amazing. I think it's good, but I don't think it's all world. So I think uh, Kansas State's going to win this one probably like 27 to like uh, 14. What do you got? Yeah, I agree. I think the defense for Missouri might keep them in for this a little bit. Um, but the passing attack this year has actually been pretty solid from K-State with uh, Howard at quarterback. Um, and then you have, you know, uh, who is, I think, Garcia, um, one of their leading receivers. I think he, he's got a couple catches. Um, so they definitely – the passing will be the key there. Um, and, unfortunately, I think that's the one thing that Missouri's kind of struggled with over the years, especially kind of coming into this year. So I think K-State will win this one, kind of running away with it at the end. I'm going to go – I'm going to go 31-17, Kansas State. Okay. Uh, South Carolina, Georgia, huge game. Uh, You know, in years past, it's been one of the bigger games on the schedule. But South Carolina got smoked last year in um, uh, in South Carolina. So are they going to be able to bounce back from that loss against North Carolina where – they struggled mightily, especially with the offensive line. Georgia has never been known, in especially in these last couple of years, to be um, a team heavily relying on sacking the quarterback. They do get pressures, but they don't really um, they don't sack the quarterback a ton. Um, will they get to Rattler because the the offensive line is a weakness of South Carolina? I think so. I think that. Rattler's going to be, you know, struggle uh, again mightily, but struggle mightily in this game. And he's going to have a hard time going to be able to uh, throw on this team. I think he'll still get some yards. I'd say probably around like 220 he'll probably throw for, um, but they're not going to be able to run the ball. And uh, I think George's offense has not been anything too special. Um, they've played two really weak opponents and didn't really blow the doors off those teams, but not until it went to the second half. Yeah, and I, I don't I'm not really impressed with Carson Beck. He's like okay. Um Todd Munkin uh is gone and uh what's his face is there? Um uh, God, is it Bobo? Uh um, yeah, Mike Bobo. Yeah, Mike Bobo, yeah. Bobo's the coordinator again. I was never really impressed with Bobo back in the day. So whatever, this is what they decided to go with. Um, It's probably largely to do with his connection with Kirby Smart, and that's why he's still there. Um, But um, this will showcase if Bobo is the right guy for this job. Um, I think the only problem is South Carolina's defense is not that strong. It's definitely – if there's any weakness on this team, which there are many weaknesses – Definitely defense is the weakness here. If they can somehow in the special teams make a difference, maybe a couple plays here or there to, you know, I don't know, force a turnover, block a punt, you know, something to make a difference there. Maybe they can stay in the game into the third quarter. I don't think so. I think George is going to win probably like 35 to like (laughs) 17. What do you got? That was – I have almost identical score because I was – my thinking was – if South Carolina struggled, the offensive line struggled against North Carolina, I was saying this watching the game. If they're struggling against North Carolina, God help them when they play Georgia and Athens. Yeah. And I think that's exactly what's going to happen is that that defense is just going to manhandle that offensive line. And there's going to be no traction. The running game will have to be abandoned early. And you're pretty much going to have to tell Rattler to be like, good luck, man. Um, and they're just not going to win the game like that. So I'm going to go with Georgia. Again, I think the defense wins this one. But the offense is going to do enough there. I, I'm going to go almost identical, but I'm going to go 35 to seven uh, for the Bulldogs. Okay, moving on. Uh, a couple of interesting games: Oklahoma, Tulsa. This team, you know, is moving up in the rankings, even though they haven't played anybody. And and Tulsa is not a very good team, but Tulsa has also been one of those teams in like the last ten years where they'll like come up and beat a team that they probably shouldn't, i.e. Central Florida quite a few times. Um, but uh, I, I don't think that's going to be the case here. I think Oklahoma is going to win this game pretty handedly. I'm going to say probably 42 to like, I don't know, 14. What do you got? 
Yeah, I mean, they got blown out by Washington last week, and that is an elite offense. And Oklahoma played pretty pedestrian against SMU, but again, when you're facing a weaker opponent against Tulsa, I think they're just going to run away with it. I'm going to go – let's go 45 to 17. You know, uh, I will say SMU is not a bad opponent because they're definitely better than a Tulsa team. Yeah. But I just thought Oklahoma in that game, they could have scored more. They just – I don't know if they really thought they took the game as serious as they should. Yeah. Uh, okay, moving on. Minnesota, North Carolina. This is an interesting game. You don't really see uh, Big Ten teams play ACC teams that often. It's, it's kind of a – Unless it's a bowl game. Right, yeah, exactly. So uh, Minnesota, North Carolina. Uh, I'm thinking North Carolina is going to win this game, but, you know, Minnesota – P.J. Fleck, you know, they've had some success in years past. I think they'll make it a game. I think it's going to be closer than um, North Carolina is going to want. Um, North Carolina kind of kept teams in the game the last couple of weeks. Uh, I'm trying to think, who did North Carolina play last week? They App played- State. Yeah, they've been kind of like, you know, riding the, the wave here, barely beating these teams. I know South Carolina was a little bit better victory, but still it was kind of close um, in most parts of that game. But I think uh, North Carolina should win this game. I like Drake May. He's been, you know, a stud so far this year. And maybe he has a huge game in this game to really uh, ramp up his – uh, Heisman campaign. I'm going to say North Carolina probably wins like 31 to like uh, 22. What do you got? I'm actually calling the upset here. Oh, um, yeah. I <laughs> haven't really been sold on North Carolina so far. App State, probably one of the best group of five teams. I would just flat out say that. Yeah. But again, they didn't look overly great against a team they were clearly better in in South Carolina. I don't know if it was because it was prime time, it was the stage, yeah. but North Carolina sure ran away with that one and they eventually pulled away, but until late. Yeah. Minnesota's defense has kept them in these games. Oh, yeah. Um, I yeah. think they've only allowed 16 points all season. Yeah. And, and 10 against Nebraska. And then yeah. they played last week. Now, I think Minnesota offensively is a lot weaker than North Carolina, but North Carolina is. Offense has shown that they kind of feast on weaker defenses. Yeah. And when they face these tougher ones, it it's going to be a problem. Now, they are more balanced, so it's going to keep them on their feet. But I just think Minnesota is going to be uh, stick them in the mud enough that they're just going to keep this a low-scoring game on it. I'm going to go 20-16 to 16 for the Gophers. I figure it's going to be a really low-scoring game. So you, you don't think that Drake may – Drake may – potential number two overall pick, uh, Heisman candidate. You don't think that he's going to score more than 16 points in a game? Not against that defense. Because right. that, de- that defense has been lights out. Now, again, I could clearly be wrong. I'm probably going to have egg in my face. But, I mean. <laughs> I'll, I'm going to play this clip back. Yeah, <laughs> you should. I'm, I, if I'm wrong, I, I'll take full accountability. I just think the Minnesota defense has really impressed me with the games I've seen. Yeah. And on the other hand, with North Carolina, the defenses they played weren't that strong, so yeah. I haven't really had a good measuring stick. True. So I That's think they're true. just going to be in like a shock when they actually don't have things go the way they want to. Yeah. Okay. Uh, moving on. Uh, Washington, Michigan State. Speaking of another Heisman candidate, Michael Penix Jr. Having a great year so far. Um, huge stats. Um Michigan State obviously in flux with what's going on with Mel Tucker. It's I don't even know what's going on because I'm hearing like conflicting reports like the last couple of days. So I don't even know. I, I think there's like hearings going on and he's technically suspended. So it's I don't know. It it was an interesting um decision to give him that contract extension. Uh, two years ago, and it's really kind of been over their head because they didn't do too well last year. And, you know, now obviously with these, this issue, I'm not really going to talk about that. I just wanted to put that out there because that is in the news. But I feel like Washington is going to smoke them. I feel like Washington is a way better team. 
way better offense. Uh, Penix Jr. is like by far my favorite um, Pac-12 player besides Caleb Williams. And I think he's going to put up like at least four touchdowns, probably over 350 yards. I'm going to say Washington wins this game probably 38 to like 20. What do you got? I'm almost same boat. I just think Washington has too many weapons and there's so much going around with Michigan State. I do think the team won't let it distract them. Yeah. Um, they've shown to be a very well-disciplined team and won't have any of that outside shit get in the way. But I just think flat out it's not going to be the, the same Michigan State game as it was in the beginning of the year. So I think Washington's just going to come in. I, I'm going to go 35-14 to 14 for Washington. Nice. Okay, moving on. Georgia Tech Ole Miss. I just realized that Georgia Tech's quarterback is Haynes King from uh, Texas A&M. I had no idea. Yeah. I even watched that game, uh, the Louisville game, the first game of the year, and I was like, oh, it was back and forth. I had no idea that he was the QB. Uh, so this is an interesting game because Ole Miss just played Tulane close without Pratt and uh, struggled, very, barely won that game, um, needed a uh, late touchdown at the end to really like seal it, but uh, I think Ole Miss can win this game, but I w- honestly, really, what I'm wanting to see because I'm gonna have this huge article that's gonna come out, uh, I think next week, um, about the teams, the rivals of Georgia, and is there a resurgence of the head coaches at their rivals, and will that make a difference in how uh, the trajectory of Georgia's uh, winning ways? So. This is an interesting test case here. Does Georgia Tech play really well in a game against a really good offense and a really good team like Ole Miss? Oh, I wouldn't say really good. They're a a good team. Uh, They struggle in certain ways, especially defensively. Um, But can Georgia Tech look competitive in this game? Can they put a scare in Ole Miss? I think Ole Miss wins this one. I'm going to say Ole Miss wins like, 31 to I'm going to say like 21. What do you got? I I think this one is actually because surprisingly Georgia Tech's offense has been pretty good. Um, they, I mean, they were good for one half against Louisville and then they choked. Yeah. Them oh away. God. That was such a great half too. They were killing yeah. <laughs> they were that one. But um, again, it's going to come down to defenses and in that case, Ole Miss clearly has the better defense. Yeah. Take that with what you will. Yeah, but yeah. Comparatively speaking, it is better than Georgia Tech's. Right. Um, so I'm going to go Ole Miss wins this one. I actually think it might be a shootout, but mm. I'm going to go 38-28 for the Rebels. Nice. Okay, last one. Uh, last two, actually. BYU-Arkansas, interesting game here because they had um, – they played this one last year. And I can't remember. Did BYU win this one last year? Um, I, I think Arkansas won it. I'm pretty sure Arkansas won it last year because um, I think that one was in uh, Utah, right? Yeah, it was in uh, Provo. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, they were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Arkansas, yeah, Arkansas won fifty-two to thirty-five. Yeah, and I, I kind of thought so. This is, you know, the 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 sequel or the 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 comeback game. So BYU is going to Arkansas for this game. I um. This Arkansas team is kind of under the radar recently. It seems like they really haven't had the like um, pub or like buzz around them around uh, that's around other SEC teams. Um, KJ Jefferson is a very capable quarterback. Um, he's done quite well throughout his career at Arkansas. I don't think he's an NFL quarterback, but I definitely think he's a very solid college quarterback. He's very capable running the ball and very capable uh, in the passing game. Um, they're running back. Uh, I can't remember his name, but he's he's a stud. Um, he's definitely going to you know put up a lot of yards in this game. I I, I think, think it was Green. What? Uh, I think that AJ Green. They're they're running back. Yeah, I know no. he's the lead, rushing leader on the team right now. I thought I thought it's like Sanders or something like that. Was there? Like, oh like, yeah yeah yeah. yeah. Um, so, but, um, so I think they're going to have a really solid game being able to run the ball against BYU. 
I don't think BYU is as strong as they have been in the last several years. I think they're going to struggle in this game like they did last year. Obviously, we looked that up and saw it was a struggle for them. I think Arkansas wins this probably like 42 to like, uh, I'd say 20. What do you got? Yeah, I, I think Arkansas is going to maybe – I think this one will be close. I know King Slovis has had a pretty good year in his first um, oh, yeah, season. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> um, he's done a good job rebounding. I think this system fits him better. Um, so I think, honestly, it might be close going into the halftime, but I think Arkansas will kind of run away with it. I'm going to go – yeah, let's go 37 to 21 for the Razorbacks. Okay, last game, TCU-Houston. What do you got? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with TCU in this one. I Houston has been pretty meh for me so far this year. They haven't been as lights out as I was expecting them to be. Um, yeah. I know they lost in overtime against rival Rice, um, and, they did, and they did squeak one out against UTSA. Um, it, it's just funny how it's it, – it's, not if it's not the offense that's clicking, it's the defense that's letting them down. And if it's the defense clicking, it's the offense letting them down. So with that type of inconsistency, I can't trust them. And I think TCU wins this one. I'm gonna go 38 to 17. Yeah, I'm on the same line there. It's it's definitely um TCU has a really good offense, and I won't doubt that. Like they're definitely uh one of the better offenses in the Big 12. And this is a Big 12, the Big 12 opener for Houston, which congratulations to them to getting into the Big 12. Um, but uh, doesn't it feel like they were there the whole time? Like I knew they were in the American, but when it said like Houston's in the Big 12, I was like, yeah, they've yeah. always been there. And I was like, oh, yeah, no, they, because I remember them in the Southwest or remember hearing them in the Southwest. Yeah. I mean, they were involved in other conferences. So it's been a struggle for them throughout the years. You know, it's, Remarkable because they're, uh, you know, they uh, they won a Heisman with, uh, God, what's his face? Um, I can't remember his name. War, uh, yes, War, Ward. Yeah. Uh, he's, a, he's a commentator or commentator for ESPN, Andre Ward. Yeah. And yep. he, you know, so they had a really good offense in the 80s. And then uh, their basketball team throughout the years did solid, you know, with uh, uh, Five Slam Jamma with uh, Kim Olajuwon and uh, Clyde Drexler. And then the last couple of years, their basketball team has been really well. I think they got to the final four like two years ago. And so they've, they've been a solid uh, program or athletics program the last several years. And it's good to see them get in the big 12. I'm, I'm glad for them because, you know, as much as like, and I, I know that USF is not far from getting into one of these conferences we're going to get to the point where all these conferences go to 20 teams. And if that's the case, USF is going to be one of those teams getting involved into the 20 of one of those conferences. It's just, it's, it's, it's like a matter of like numbers. Like there's just, there's not enough teams that are good enough to like fit the rest of that, that USF is going to get passed up. There's really only like five more teams that are worthwhile. And, you know, there might be some, you know, uh, musical chairs stuff with certain teams changing conferences, but not much. It seems like most of it is set where it is and just, um, you know, they're going to take the conferences are going to take with wherever they got left and finalize that to, to make that uh, what they have. But regardless, I'm glad for Houston. They're going to get smoked in this game. I think TCU wins probably like uh, 41 to like uh, 20. Welcome that, to the big 12 you know, moment. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. Welcome to the Big 12, Houston. But anyways, that is the show. Um, you know, wear green on Wednesdays. That's the hashtag uh, for USF. Um, you know, uh, I'm looking forward to this game. I'm excited. Uh, I wish I could be there. I was potentially going to be there, um, but uh, things got changed up and I ended up going into Tampa uh, in June for my dad's birthday. So my dad's birthday is on Friday. So happy 70th, dad. And, uh, but, um, uh, besides that, uh, go USF, go Florida. You know, I'm excited about this Tennessee game because, you know, years past, it was kind of like, I don't know, Tennessee was really bad. It, it was kind of a wash of a game. 
Yeah. I mean, you had the rivalry. I mean, because it is a rivalry, but it wasn't like a, it wasn't like it was in the nineties and the two thousands. Exactly. You know, and that's what, like, honestly, that game used to be so exciting. I remember like vividly where I was watching the 96 game because it was such a huge game. It was, you know, Peyton Manning, it was Danny Warfel, both going for the Heisman, both like top four teams. Like that was an exciting game. And like Florida stormed out to this huge lead and then Tennessee came back. Almost choked it. Yeah, and barely won, but still they won. And that set up the rest of the year for Florida because they basically uh, ran the table except for that Florida State loss and won the national championship. And, you know, it's such a huge game and I'm glad there is some buzz. This, Like I said, this is a turning point for Billy Napier and I'll write that article and uh, look for that on haterradio.com. And look for us on our socials at hater underscore radio on all those um, hater radio at hater radio for YouTube. And then um, uh, uh, for hater radio one at gmail.com for email. And uh, Ian, what are your socials real quick before we go? Yeah, it's uh, G Gator G um, for YouTube, Instagram and uh, Twitter. All right, that's it. Uh, watch these games. Enjoy them like we do. And uh, have a good weekend. Take care, everybody.